So our reading for today is Matthew chapter 7 from verse 13 to 23. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thorn bushes? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, your workers of lawlessness. Well, you often hear people say, don't you, that isn't it just arrogant of Christians to say that there's only one way to God? Only one way to heaven. Isn't that just arrogance? And isn't that... I mean, uh, certainly there's something true in that, isn't there? That they've caught hold of the fact that there is this teaching in the Bible. That that there is only one way. And so that's true, isn't it? And yet, it makes us feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? It makes us feel like... Gosh, yeah. have, Have we got it right? Is that the truth that we believe? And sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable when we get into those conversations and we think, God, am I coming across like that? Is is this loving, what I'm saying to them? So it really is a good question to ask and to think about as Christians. And uh, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus has got to the end of what all he's been teaching. And really it's decision time. So he's calling for people to put their trust in him. And it's not an academic exercise, it's not um, just a a thing about words. Um, It is actually practical. Do you trust that he is the way to eternal life? And the only way. Uh, Jesus gives this picture, and it's of two ways. So I've got a picture here of uh, a motorway. You you understand how this works if you're a driver. Uh, There is one motorway, um, and there's a slip road. And the slip road is, is obviously narrower. And uh, on my sign, my road sign, it says life. You want to go to life, that's that way. And so the big road, everyone's heading on, and the little road. Jesus says there are two ways, and it's on your sheet there. There are two ways, there are two gates, and there are two destinations. And that's in verse 13 and 14. Let's read it together. It says this, enter by the narrow gate... The gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, 
and those who find it are few. So we're going to take each of them uh, at a time. And actually, there is a road in Dagenham called Broad Street. So apologies if you live on Broad Street, uh, but, but that's, that's the contemporising of, of this, okay? Um, just, just making sure that you relate to this, okay? Broad Street, and uh, there's a walking centre on Broad Street, there's a prop shopping parade on Broad Street. Uh, but Broad Street is what Jesus is describing here, and, uh, and it's, it's serious. Um, and if you're like me, I find it uncomfortable being right, reminded about judgement. It's fair to say that without the Bible and without Jesus' words, I choose not to think about it. But far from ruining our day, we're going to see that what Jesus is doing here is incredibly loving. He's calling people from a place of complacent danger to the only place of safety. The first picture he gives is of a wide and narrow, uh, a, a wide gate. And he describes that. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. So here, here's the description. It's wide. So there's lots of options on this, on this road. There's many, many options. You don't have to choose just one. You don't have to stay on the same one. You could, you could flip between a few. But it's wide. Lots of options. And lots of freedom. And it's easy. So it's unrestricted. So this road is, you can do what you like. Anything goes. It's not restrictive. It's not going to put any restrictions on you. And it's popular. Many enter it. So if you're on this road, you're not going to receive any unwanted attention or criticism or challenge from others. Because they're heading in the same direction. They're not going to sort of... Nothing's odd about what you're doing if you're heading on Broad Street. And yet, Jesus says, this road leads to destruction. That it's the road we're all on, and it leads to destruction. It leads to his settled anger on us for disobeying him, and for ignoring him, and for living in this world and not giving him a second thought. That's Broad Street. And then, Jesus says, life gate. I called it life gate. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So unlike the wide path, it's narrow, which means there's only one. That's how narrow it is. There's only one option. There's not many options. There's only one way through. It's restrictive, and we've been hearing about the demands of this kind of life and this kind of route. Jesus has been uh, painting it, that picture of the new life for us. Uh, it's a life of giving, putting to death your sin rather than just going along with sin. It's hard. And unlike the wide path, this gate isn't popular. It says that few enter. Those who find it are few. But, unlike the wide path, this gate leads to life. And it leads to life now, and it leads to life in the future, and it leads to life forever. So Jesus is really clear, isn't he? He doesn't mince his words, he doesn't have apologies. He says, 
These are the two options. Two gates, two paths, two destinations. That's the, that's the choice that he's setting out before us. Uh, we'll just let some people come in. I'll stop the tape and then we'll... And we can assume, can't we, with these two options, that we know what Jesus' categories are. So if you're like me reading this for the first time, I assume Jesus was saying, on, on, on one side of things, the narrow road, you have Christianity... And on the other side of things, well, that's all other religions. So sort of doing that kind of contrast. Well, actually, if we're going to get the real challenge of what Jesus is saying here, it's actually a lot closer to home than that. Because he's actually talking about all those who would claim to be Christians. Why do I say that? Well, actually, the crowd that Jesus is addressing, they've all come to listen to him. So the people who are listening to Jesus... And clearly, if you look at verse 28, they were astonished at his teaching. So they were impressed by him. So this is, these are the people that Jesus is talking to when he says these words. And amongst them are his own disciples. So far from being this category where it's just us and them, Jesus is making it a bit more specific than that. From our full reading, we heard about two other pe- groups of people. Uh, within this one group Uh, in verse 15 they were those claiming to be messengers of God who appear to be believers and yet who are pointing people further down the track to danger so that's in verse 15 verse 21 uh, to 23 there's people with all the right words as Hannah said they call Jesus Lord and yet they don't really know him So it is to those claiming to be Christians that Jesus' warning comes. And he says not all will be saved. So he's got us listening, hasn't he? And somehow we'd find it easier if destruction was reserved for blatant opposition to Jesus. Him returning what they were giving him. But it's not. Jesus is saying that on the wide road there will be many who claim... To be following Jesus. And they'll be absolutely convinced they're following him. It suggests there'll be an awful surprise. So in verse 23. On verse 22 it says. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name. And cast out demons. And do many mighty works in your name. And if you think about it. Them being convinced they're heading for heaven, well, that's why they're on that road, isn't it? They wouldn't be carrying on if they thought, oh, we're heading to destruction. Everything else is telling them they're convinced that they're heading, they're doing the right thing. And actually, Jesus will look at their efforts in verse 23 and say that they are doers of lawlessness. That's pretty shocking for Jesus to say that all of their efforts, everything they've done is lawlessness and then if you look at the next bit, Jesus explains why he says uh, in verse 21 Lord, those who say Lord, Lord not everyone who says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but, what does it say? the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven not everyone but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. 
Well, in John's Gospel, Jesus says this. He says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. So the will of the Father is to believe in the Son. So to do the will of the Father is to believe in Jesus. And Jesus, so Jesus himself is the narrow gate. If we're entering through the narrow gate, Jesus is, is the gate. <laughs> and in John's Gospel, he says that again, doesn't he? He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So without Jesus, you won't get a toe in the door. He also says, as we sang earlier, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's why Jesus says, enter. Through the narrow gate. Come to me, there really is no other way. And yet the people on the wide road would say that they believe in Jesus. So what will be the difference? Well, if you look down, we're going to look at this next week. um, But it says in verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the house of the rock is the one that stands. And so actually, Jesus is describing people who hear his words and put them into practice. And it's very easy to say, I'm a Christian. But when Jesus saves people, it's not just words. They're words. Yes, I believe. But there will be evidence of joyful obedience to him in their lives. There will be fruit And the fruit is repentance. Have we got that? But there is something else um, that will take people uh, from Jesus and his voice. And I've called them the scam tour guides. Okay, the scam tour guides. Uh, Because if you're getting a, a, a guide of the city, you know, there's some people who will point you in the wrong direction. And they'll say, hey, come, I know everything about this city and I'm going to show you the way to go. And actually, I'll point you in the way of Jesus. I'll tell you where he is. I'll point you to him. But actually, they're scams. And they're in verses 15 to 20. The danger is, if we won't listen to Jesus, we'll listen to plenty of other people. And they'll tell you to listen to them. They won't say, listen to me instead of Jesus. They'll claim their exclusive track to get you to Jesus. So you see the difference. It's really subtle, but we need to see the way they use Jesus. They say, you need me to get to Jesus. You need me to understand Jesus. They don't. They don't point you to God's word. They distract you away from it. And um, they're scam tour guides. Uh, As Hannah said, it would be difficult to tell them apart from the flock. Uh, It says that they will come to you in sheep's clothing. So they'll look like Christians. They're not going to look like wolves. They're going to look like sheep. Everything about them will be branded Christian. So the, the logos they wear... The, the books they've got, everything will look like it's Christian. 
It's Jesus. It will have his name on it. And actually, they will claim to be the true followers of Christ. So I've actually interacted with two sort of cults or sects in the last two weeks. And both of them have this question for me. Do you not want to know who are the true church of Jesus? They both ask me that question. And they're completely different sects and cults. Same question. Do you not want to know who are the true church of Christ? And the deal is, you've got to be part of their church in order to be saved. It's Jesus, yeah, yeah. But you need something else. And that's dangerous. So they look the sound of the part and sound the part. They'll look like sheep, but they're wolves. And what do wolves do? They drag the sheep away. When the time is right, there's a tasty lamb curry, and they'll drag the sheep away. And actually, that's one thing that takes people away from Jesus. It's people saying, "I'll show you Jesus," and really, they're scams. They'll drag people off. And actually, what will happen, I think I put it on your sheet, is that um, they will drag people away from grace, which is that God would save you by the work of Jesus and by his death on the cross for your sins. And they will drag people to salvation by works. So they'll say, this is what you've got to do to be saved. So that's the scam tour guides. And they can be recognised though. So Jesus says that, doesn't he, in verse uh, 16 and verse 20. He says it twice. You will recognise them. You will recognise them. You will recognise them by their fruits. And if you look at what he says about the, uh, these guys, what's going to happen to them, in verse 19... Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, this is a Matthew question. Does anyone remember any time when we've heard those words about being cut down and thrown into the fire? Has it appeared before in Matthew? I'll give you that first of all. Yes. Nods to the head. Who said it? It's, it's got to be before chapter 7. John the Baptist with chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. He said that, of uh, that there's no fruit. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And what he said there was that, there, of the Pharisees, there was no fruit of repentance. So there was no repenting of their sins. And there was no fruit, the fruit of repentance, in their lives. And, and actually, that's what we'll show. You won't be able to tell the false teacher from their teaching, from what they say. But have a look at their life. Have a look at how they treat others. And that's where you'll start to see it. So Jesus is being really clear here. He's warning his disciples, keep your eyes out. There will be people who say, we'll, t- we'll tell you about Jesus. And they'll do the exact opposite. Um, so that's the scam tour guides and Jesus uses the same words as John the Baptist does for them but his concern is that people would not be taken away by them okay what can we learn from this 
Uh, well, I, I put it on your sheets there. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time, and really, um, it would be good to take seriously what Jesus is saying about two roads, two gates, two destinations. And it would be good for you to realise that he's telling us because he loves us, and because he's telling us the truth. And he's telling us so that we could hear him when he says, enter through the narrow gates. And others will say, don't worry about it. But if we listen to Jesus and we trust what he's telling us, then he will save us. And it would be a great thing to do that tonight. Or maybe you've gone down the track a bit further of trusting in something other than Jesus. And it can be easy, can't it, as Christians, as people coming to church, uh, to trust in other things for our safety. Maybe it's our being kind to others. Maybe it's our doing the right thing. And actually... If we put our trust in those other things and, we, and yet we haven't done the will of the Father, which is first to believe in Jesus for our safety, um, then everything else is lawlessness. And to say that we have the right to decide what the entry requirements are, well, we're just not in the position to do that. So we, we may come to God and say, hey, this, this is my entry requirements. And he'll say, that wasn't mine. I gave you Jesus. I say that everyone who looks on him and believes in him will have eternal life. So that would be a great thing to do. He's warning us against false guides who will tell us it's the way to heaven. And they might even tell you there's many ways to heaven. Uh, Don't listen to that. And maybe um, you're here and you're a Christian... And actually, I guess if you are a Christian, there'd be a great sadness hearing this. Um, To the many who are heading towards destruction. And that's the world that Jesus says is all around us. And the people that we know all around us. It's a tragedy, and yet the greatest tragedy would be if those who have received forgiveness didn't tell them that we just kept our mouths shut that people we just felt awkward about it and we just didn't say anything wouldn't that be a greater tragedy well that's why our church exists and Jesus has given us his word and the, us, his spirit to empower us to speak And uh, our job is really to put these words in front of people. And it is hard. And we don't like, you know, we don't feel comfortable doing it. But it is loving, isn't it? So our responsibility is not how they respond to it or what they do with it. But to give them, to put the words of Jesus before them and say, maybe it's over coffee. Maybe it's someone new you get chatting to. And you think, it'd be great for them to know, wouldn't it? That Jesus says there are two roads. 
two gates, two destinations. Not loads. We're all heading somewhere. And that would be a loving thing to tell them. And uh, maybe as we turn to prayer in just a moment, we'd like to think of just one person we know who we'll have contact with this week. Why don't we pray that God would give the opportunity to explain this to them? So that through Jesus they can have eternal life with him. Let's pray. Father God, on the day now when we stand before you, there will be no question about, um, about you, about the truth of your words here. Please don't um, allow us to be those who just say that we believe in this, but, but to be unchanged. Please, would you put your word to work in our lives that, um, that we would trust you and keep trusting you and keep listening to you Uh, please would you help us to be those who would have concern for others who don't yet know you help us we pray Amen